Hey, thanks so much for tuning in to the Relove Podcast. This is Pastor Seth Yolorda, and I want to thank you for taking the time out of your busy day to listen to this week's message. Our prayer is that it will leave you inspired, encouraged, and challenged as you grow higher in Christ. And I also just want to ask that if this message is a blessing to you, that you would take the time to share it, to send it to a friend, send it to a family member so that they too can be blessed. Again, we thank you for taking the time to listen, and we pray that you are blessed. Praise the Lord. If you got your Bible, this just goes to the word. If you got your Bible, turn with me to the book of 1 John chapter 4. The book of 1 John, book of 1 John chapter 4. Um, we're going to spend some time in the Word. Uh, and we're not going to spend a lot of time. I, I have covenanted. What word did I say? I have covenanted with uh, our children's team that's leading out that we were not going to keep them all day. Uh, and so uh, we know kids' attention spans is rather short. And so, Keith, if you can put the timer on the clock or on the screen, by God's grace, I need some praying folk. By God's grace. We're going we to get through this message real quick in a hurry um, for, the, for the sanity of our children leaders, uh, for their sanity. Uh, Father, as we open your word, open our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. 1 John chapter 4, verse 7, and I'm going to read from 7 to 21. The word of God says, dear friends, let us continue to love one another. And this is from the New Living Translation. This comes from, this is from the New Living Translation. Dear friends, let us continue to love one another for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and what? Come on now, say it with me. And what? And knows God. But anyone who does not love does not know God for God is what? Love. God showed us how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. No one has ever seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us. And his love is brought to full expression in us. For God has given us his spirit as proof that we live in him and he in us. Verse 14. Furthermore, we have seen with our own eyes and now testify that the father sent his son to be the savior of the world. Verse 15. All who declare that Jesus is the son of God have God living in them and they live in God. We know how much God loves us and we have put our trust in his love. God is love. And all who live in love, guess what? Live in God and God lives in them. And as we live in God, our love grows more what? perfect. That word actually or also means complete or full or mature, that our, work, our, our, our love grows more complete. And as we live in God, our love grows more perfect. So we will not be afraid on the day of judgment, but we can face him with confidence because we live like Jesus here in this world. 
Such love has no fear because perfect or complete or mature love expels all fear. If we are afraid, it is for fear of punishment. And this shows that we have not fully expressed his perfect love. We love each other. Why? Come on now, why? Turn to your neighbor and say, I only love you because he loved me. <laughs> if that's your wife or your spouse, I'm going to let y'all work that out afterwards. I only love you because he loved me. Verse 20. If someone says, I love God, but hates a fellow believer, that person is a liar. For if we don't love people we can see, how can we love God whom we cannot see? And he has given us this command. Those who love God must also love their fellow believers. This is the word of the Lord. Praise be to God. Father, again, speak to us. Your children are listening. Amen. Amen. Um, as a parent, as a father, it is my great privilege and honor to be able to watch my children grow and to develop and to mature, especially at this young age where they are only uh, five, seven, and eight, to see them discover new things, um, to see them come into their own and to discover their voice to discover how their body moves, what they can do, what they are capable of. Uh, my daughters are in gymnastics, and so I see them doing flips and cartwheels and rolls around the house all day long, every day. Um, they cannot have a conversation without it being in the form of a handstand. They cannot eat their breakfast without them being in a full squat, Nicholas. Um, they, they are just discovering themselves, and they're discovering their voice, and it's a beautiful thing to see. And that's one of the joys of being a parent. It's one of the joys of being a father. It's joys, I'm sure, of being a mother as well, is to be able to see them grow and to develop. One of the challenges um, of being a parent, one of the challenges, though, of being a father is that I have to and we have to instruct our children, not once, Sam, not twice, not three times, not four times, not five, but over and over and over. Do I have any parents who will just testify? Your kids might be grown and you're still trying to get them to listen to what you told them 15 years ago, right? That one of the challenges of being a parent is that we are trying to um, teach our children lessons that will carry them through their life and somehow help them get out on their own so that they are independent, so that they are have a good head on their shoulders, so that they will be able to make wise choices and wise decisions so that when they turn 18, 19, 20, 21, Captain Peel, that they're not moving back into our house with us, amen, somebody, but that they are gone on their own. That, that is one of the challenges to get our kids to really understand, to really understand um, what it is to be, uh, to grow and to learn these lessons. And, and I think that as a parent, as a father, and as you as fathers and you as mothers, or even as father figures, if you are a father figure in someone's life or a mother figure in someone's life, that how we feel to a large degree is how God feels. That I can imagine that God gets so much joy and so much honor and so much pleasure and so much satisfaction from seeing us grow and develop. And yet at the same time, I can feel though that God at times can be somewhat frustrated, somewhat annoyed if, if it's possible for God to be annoyed, somewhat annoyed when he sees us failing to learn the lessons, Rico, that he's tried to teach us over and over and over 
and over again. Has anyone ever repeated the lesson that God has tried to teach you? Okay, if you're honest with yourself, we have all been there. And maybe some of us are still in that moment right now where we are still trying to fully understand the lessons that God is trying to teach us. And so the question that I have for you today, and it's a general question, but I hope that you can apply it to your life specifically, is what is God trying to teach you? What is God trying to teach you? Every day, he is trying to teach us something. There is not a day that goes by where he is not concerned about our growth and our development and our maturity, say maturity, and our maturity. The question is, what lesson right now, and this is not in a general sense, we're gonna get general in a minute, but I just don't wanna start on the micro level. In your life specifically today, you sitting right here, what, you, what your week look like, what your month look like, maybe the conversations you had with your spouse or your loved one or your kids or your parents over this last week, maybe a, dif- a difficult situation that arose on your job or in your community, what lesson is God trying to teach you? Do you know? I think sometimes we can, get, we can get comfortable, no, that's the wrong word. Sometimes we can feel as though we are just moving through life and that really God is nothing more for us than like a life jacket, than a life jacket, right? As opposed to recognizing that, yeah, there's nothing wrong with life jackets, but, but it's not just life jackets. God also wants to be a guide, a compass, leading us, growing us, developing us, maturing us. And the question is, what is he trying to teach you? See, so, so this last week, many of you all know, maybe two weeks ago, my wife and I had the honor and the privilege of going to Hawaii together without any kids. Let the church say amen. Praise the Lord. No, 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 no. Let the church say amen. Praise the Lord. This is actually the first time we've actually traveled by ourselves with an, in, a, in a non-ministry related um, event, just like kind of vacation since our honeymoon. So it was truly um, long overdue. And one of the things that we got to, to, to engage in, Courtney, when we went to, to Hawaii together is I had my heart set on scuba diving. Anybody ever been scuba diving before? We got a few, right? I want you to put this screen, this, this picture up for me. So this is my wife. You may have seen it. I posted it online. This is my wife and I uh, scuba diving. We were about 40 feet um, below surface. This was our very first time. Neither of us have done it before. And we had a guide who came and showed us. We went through like a, maybe a 30, 45 minute class where he gave us like the tools and the principles of what we need to do. They put us all this equipment on us. They dropped us in the ocean, in the water. They had a little rope that we kind of pulled ourselves down and we were down there scuba diving and seeing the fishes and the turtles. And it was beautiful. Something was interesting though, is that in order to properly scuba dive, something they put on you, they put these weights on you to make you sink. They don't put a lot of weight, depending on your, your body size and competition, they might put five pounds, 10 pounds, 15 pounds on you, uh, Syria, to kind of help you sink to the bottom. But in addition to helping you sink to the bottom, they also put an inflatable life jacket on you. And you have a control in your left hand, Rico, that has two buttons on it. It has a red button and it has a gray button. The red button, excuse me, the gray button inflates your life jacket. The gray button deflates your life jacket. And so they put these weights on you, you sink to the bottom, and as you're at the bottom, um, what you want to do is you want to begin to push the gray button to put some air in your life vest so that you will begin to rise a little bit. And so we were doing this, and I was struggling the most with this, with this scenario situation thing. 
Because I think that my trainer, my guide, Chris, that he put too much weight on me because I was just crawling on the bottom. My, my belly was on the bottom and I was just like, I, it, it wasn't glorious at all for me um, as I was down there because I was just on the bottom. I said, well, let me put some, some air in my life vest. So I put a little air in my life vest and sure enough, it started to inflate and I started to, arrive, to, to rise a little bit, but I put too much in. So I started rising all the way to the top. So I had to take it out. And when I would take it out, guess what happened, Sabrina? I would sink all the way back to the bottom. So I spent most of our time from, from the bottom to the top, just trying to find... What is this equilibrium? All the while, Holly was enjoying it and she was just cruising along, having a good time. Our guy was doing backflips and upside down, looking at the fishes. And I was kind of struggling with this. And I realized this, that when you think about, when I think about my experience with scuba diving, I, it just, I couldn't help but think about how sometimes we treat God like he's that life vest. That, that, yeah, we have stuff, we have weights on us, we have challenges, we have problems, we have difficulties that are causing us to sink. And so what do we do? We call on God to give us a little bit of boost just so that he can get us to where we want, where we need to be or where we feel we want to be. And then we just kind of, okay, we're good. We're, we're good, God. And the only time we call him again is when? When we start sinking. When we start sinking going through some trouble, going through some difficulty, got a headache, got some stress in my life, start sinking again. Well, let me go back to church. Let me, let me get on the prayer line. Let me reach out to my prayer partners. Let me start this devotional again. And let me call on God so I can get a little air in my system, in my spiritual life. And hopefully I can start floating again. And then we float a little bit. We have a good time. And then we start sinking and we call on God again. And I just feel like while God is indeed a bridge over troubled water, I don't want to deny that reality, that God is indeed a shelter in the time of storm. He is also a shepherd. <laughs> he is also a guide. <laughs> he is also, guess what? A friend who sticks closer to a brother. So God is saying, listen, if your only experience with me is for me to be a life vest of sorts to kind of help you keep afloat as you are trying to self-maneuver your way through this life, you are missing the totality of what it means to be in a relationship with me. Yeah, because I'm more than just a life vest. Yeah, I'm a life vest, (laughs) but I'm more than just a life vest. And if we ignore the lessons that God is trying to teach us every single day, leading us into a deeper relationship with him, we will treat him as nothing more than a life vest. Only coming to church when we're in trouble. Only praying when we're stressed. So I ask you again, specifically, right now, what is it that God is trying to teach you in your stage of life, in your place of life, in your situation, and in your finances, your health, whatever it is going on in your life, what is the lesson? I hope that wherever you are in life, Janet, I hope that wherever you are in, 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 in life that, that you don't just try to call on God to make it through. Because Life has a funny way of allowing us, let's say, to repeat certain mistakes or certain scenarios over and over again until we learn the lessons that God has trying to teach us along the way. And so we want to make sure that as I'm maneuvering through life, that I learn the lesson. Say, learn the lesson. Learn the lesson. Lesson. Don't just say it to me. Turn to your neighbor and say, make sure you learn the lesson. 
Now, on a micro sense, I want you to wrestle with that today, tomorrow, in your prayer closet. I want you to go home, and I want you to wrestle with this online. I want you to wrestle with, God, what are you trying to teach me? God, where are you trying to lead me? God, what are you trying to do specifically in my life? On a micro level. But on a macro level, I also want to be very clear, and that's what I want to talk about today, is that it's very clear where God is trying to lead us. All of us, on a macro level. Rico, could you help me? Uh, I'm going to need your help just for a little bit. Uh, On a macro level, God for all of us, say all of us, is trying to lead us into love. Yeah, 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 Rico, come, come, come here. Just, just, just right there, just hold that for me. Yeah. I'm not gonna be long, but maybe a little bit. So I'm gonna get you a little stool, just in case you wanna, just in case, just in case. So for all of us, God is trying to lead us to this place called love. When you are born, when I am born, when we come into this world, we come in far removed from love. Some of us, we were born into this world and we are born with our orientation this way where our back is away from God and is away from love. But then we might have had some individuals come into our life, whether it's pastors or friends or mentors or teachers who have stepped into us and who have tried to lift us and educate us and mentor us to get us to understand that, wow, God is love and that, that the, the, the fullness of my life can best be experienced when I am fully and 100%, not just moving in the direction of love, but that I'm also moving in the direction of unconditional love in God. And so I think what God is saying is God says to all of us, I know where you are and my entire purpose and my entire plan, Victor, for your life is not just to get you married, it's not just to get you to graduate, it's not just so you can have a good house and a good car and, 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 and a good retirement. No, on a macro level, what I'm trying to do with all of us is move us all, Yasmin, to a point where we are fully immersed in love and that our life is now characterized and fully ordained and saturated by an unconditional love. This is where God wants to move us, closer to love, closer to Rico. Amen closer so that no matter where we are in our stage of life, we view life, we see life, we orient ourselves to life from a perspective of love. Say love. Now, the Bible is very clear. There's several definitions of love. On one definition, there's eros. Say eros. I've talked about this many, many, many times before and a while ago. Eros, E-R-O-S, is one of the Greek words for love, and it is erotic love. It's eros. That's where we get the word erotic from. It's, it's a sexual, sensual love. It's a type of love that you have on your honeymoon night. Um, it's a type of love that you have when you get a, a physical arousal, sexual arousal. It is eros. It is a type of love, but it is not the epitome or the apex of love. There's another type of love called filio. And filio is a brotherly love. It's the type of love that I have for Rico. It's the type of love he has for me. It's not eros, right? There's no sexual arousal. It's filio, like, man, that's my brother. I want to be there for him. He wants to be there for me. You know, uh, uh, we're close. And I can say with confidence, I love you, brother, not in an eros sense, but in a filio sense. Are y'all with me in here? Right, yeah. And so I'm fully comfortable saying, man, I love you. And we should be fully comfortable saying, I love you to our brothers and our sisters in that platonic sense. Yeah. 
But then the Bible also uses another word, which many of us, I'm sure, are familiar with for love as God characterizes love, and that is agape. Say agape. It's on the screen here, agape. Agape is, is an unconditional love. Can you put that slide up for me, Keith? Uh, agape is, is an un, unconditional, unconditional love. Yeah, agape, agape. It's unconditional. Now, when I think about agape, many of us, we say, oh yeah, it's love. Oh yeah, God is love. God is love. We just read a whole, you know, 15 verses. God is love. Great. God is love. Agape. Unconditional. But I want to give you the, the Seth Yolorda definition of agape. Can I do that? Yes. Put, put, go to the next slide for me. Agape, the way I'm defining it, uh, is going the extra mile, even though you don't feel like it, and it's not convenient. That's love. (laughs) Extra mile. (laughs) That's beyond what you were asked to go. Uh, And it's the, you don't feel like it. Have you you ever had to go the extra mile when you didn't feel like it? Last night, can I I tell them Holly? Last night, (laughs) Holly Holly was bone, Holly was bone tired. She was tired. She was tired, y'all. And I was in bed first, and she was tired, and she was going, about to get in bed, and she went and just checked on the girls. And I was selfish. Lord, forgive me. I was selfish in that moment. I could have got up out of bed and did it myself. But I said, uh, I'm going to ask her when she comes back in the room because I'm tired. Pray for your pastor. She got back in the room, and I said, Holly, Holly, before you get in bed. She had started getting into bed, Chris. I said, before you get in bed, before you get in bed, could you just give me a Q-tip? <laughs> Could you just give me a Q-tip out the back and put a little, put a little uh, uh, peroxide uh, on it for me? And she said, did you wait for me to get back in here to ask me? I was like, baby, listen, you're right there. It's, it's just three steps away. Just grab it for me real quick. I knew in my spirit I was wrong, right? I should have got up and did it for myself. But she got up. And I'm not going to say she got up begrudgingly. No, she's holly. She's holy. She, she did it with a joyous spirit in the name of Jesus Christ. She was willing in that moment to go the extra mile, even though she did not feel like it. I know she didn't feel like it, but she loves me, so she did it anyway. Amen. Praise the Lord. That's love, y'all. Love is when you go the extra mile, when you don't feel like it, and then we add that caveat. Put that back up there for me, Keith. Uh, When we don't feel like it and when it's not convenient. Love is not convenient. Convenient. When you and I were born, we were born here, far from love, going the extra mile even though we don't feel like it and it's not convenient. We were born selfish, where we don't want to go the extra mile. We only want to do what's for ourselves. Can you put that last one back up for me? We only want to do what's for ourselves. We only want to live for ourselves. And we want everything to orient around ourselves. And God's purpose and plan and and go for us through our jobs and marriages and children and parenting and health challenges and finances and, and all of the above is to move us slowly, carefully, methodically to this position of love where now our life is characterized by going the extra mile for everyone, even though we don't feel like it and it's not convenient. How much do you love? 
That's why the Bible says, Ricky, the Bible says, yeah, it's easy to love those who love you. It's easy to go the extra mile for people who go the extra mile for you. But can you go the extra mile for someone who doesn't go the extra mile for you? Can you go the extra mile for someone even though you don't feel like it and it's not convenient when that person is actually doing everything against you? That is God's purpose and goal is to move us. Yes, he has saved us. We've accepted him as our savior. Our salvation is secure. Our name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Now his, his, his sanctifying work in us is to move us to love. Let me say that again. God's sanctifying work in us. What does sanctifying mean? To cleansing, setting us apart, uh, 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 fixing us, purging us, uh, uh, aligning us with his character. The work that God is trying to do in all of our lives is to move us to a position of love. So I want to read this text one more time, right? And I want you to keep that definition of love in your mind as we read the text one more time. Can we do that? So 1 John chapter 4, uh, 1 John chapter 4, he says, verse 7, uh, put that on the screen, uh, 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 verse, verse 7. Go back to verse 7. Verse 7, dear friends, let us continue to, no, 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 no. Let us continue to go the extra mile for people even though we don't feel like it and it's not convenient. For going the extra mile for people, even though we don't feel like it and it's not convenient, comes from who? From God. Anyone who goes the extra mile for people, even though they don't want to, they don't feel like it and it's not convenient, is a child of God and God knows. Next, next slide, next slide, next slide. But anyone who does not go the extra mile for people, even though they don't feel like it and it's not convenient, does not know God. For God is going the extra mile for people, even though they don't feel like it and it's not convenient. Next slide. God showed how much he went the extra mile for us, even though he didn't feel like it and it wasn't convenient, by sending his son, his one and only son, into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. Verse 10, this is real going the extra mile for people, even though we don't feel like it and it's not convenient. Not that we went the extra mile for God, even though we didn't feel like it and it wasn't convenient, but that he went the extra mile for us, even though he didn't feel like it and it wasn't convenient, and he sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Dear friends, verse 11 says, since God went the extra mile for us, even though he didn't feel like it and it wasn't convenient, how much more should we also go the extra mile for others, even though we don't feel like it and it's not convenient? Now, no one has ever seen God, but if we, but if we go the extra mile for each other, even though we don't feel like it and it's not convenient, God lives in us. And his going the extra mile for people, even though we don't feel like it and it's not convenient, is brought to the full expression in us. 
And God has given us his spirit as proof that we live in him and he in us. Furthermore, we have seen with our own eyes and now testify, verse 14, that that the father sent his son to be the savior of the world. Verse 15, all who declare that Jesus is the son of God have God living in them and they live in God. Now, verse 16, we know how much God goes the extra mile for us even though he doesn't feel like it and it's not convenient, and we have put our trust in his willingness to go the extra mile for us, even though he doesn't feel like it and it's not convenient. God is one who goes the extra mile for us, even though he doesn't feel like it and it's not convenient. And all who live in going the extra mile for others, even though they don't feel like it and it's not convenient, the text says all who live, I'll go back one. All who, all, who, uh, all who live in this, God lives in them. And as we live in God, verse 17, and as we live in God, our ability to go the extra mile for people, even though we don't feel like it and it's not convenient, grows. As we live in God... Let me say it like this, because some of us have a hard time understanding lives, L-I-V-E-S. So let me just put another word in there. As we, born in sin, shaped in iniquity, as we face God and orient our lives towards God, we grow in our ability to go the extra mile for people, even though we don't want to and it's not convenient. As we we live in God, our ability grows more complete so that I will find myself more and more and more willing to go the extra mile for people even though I don't feel like it and it's not convenient the more I spend time with God. That's why it blows my mind. Keep the text up there for me. That's why it blows my mind how you can have people who have spent years in the church, but it seems like they are regressing from God because they're not getting more loving. <laughs> they get, what's the opposite? Uh, they're getting ugly, mean, mean-spirited, defiant, just, just don't want to be around them. So religious, no love. So we will not be afraid on the day of judgment, but we can face him with confidence because we live like Jesus here in this world. We live like Jesus here in this world. How? Because we are going the extra mile for people, even though we don't feel like it and it's not convenient. Such ability, verse 18, to go the extra mile for people, even though we don't feel like it and it's not convenient, has no fear because perfect Going the extra mile for people, even though we don't feel like it and it's not convenient, expels all fear. If we are afraid, it is for fear punishment, and his love shows that we have not yet fully experienced his perfect going the extra mile for people, even though we don't feel like it and it's not convenient. We go the extra mile for people, even though it's not convenient we don't feel like it and it's not convenient because he went the extra mile for us even though he didn't feel like it and it wasn't convenient first. Y'all with me in here? 
The text says, Paula, could you help me real quick? Just help me real quick. The text says that, that you are either growing in love in a perfect, complete, mature manifestation, stay right there for me, manifestation of love, or you are growing in fear. All of us in this place right now are standing somewhere on this spectrum. We are either living our life from a position of going the extra mile for people, even though we don't feel like it and it's not convenient. And when we say people, we're not talking about your people. We're talking about all people. Say all people. The people that get on your nerves. Uh, The people that really get on your nerves. Brother Morgan, the, the, the parents that, that, that cause you to grow. The people on the, that demonic 91 that don't know how to drive. The, 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 the sibling that just gets under your skin. The child that just refuses to listen. That coworker that feels like it's all about them all the time, and they never wrong. Bible says we are either living a life from this place, or we are living a life from fear. I, I, I love how the Bible uses this because we would think that the opposite of love is unlove or hatred. But it's not saying the opposite of love is hatred. It's saying the opposite of love is fear. Fear is at its core a, 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 a response emotion to something that you feel is threatening you. And so therefore you have to protect yourself. Love at its core is a, an emotional vulnerability. So I am willing to be emotionally vulnerable and open and give and go and help and lift and serve people, even though I don't know if it's going to be reciprocated. I don't know if they're going to take advantage of it. I don't know how they're going to treat me in response, but I'm willing to live my life from a place of vulnerability as opposed to living my life from a place of walls and guards and bricks and hiding behind trying to protect myself. Living a life, living from a position of preservation as opposed to living from a position of sacrifice. So, So what John is saying to us is he's saying, listen, that as you come to know God and as you come to grow in your walk with God, that God leads you into a deeper and mature understanding and appreciation and ability to love people. Go the extra mile for people, even though you don't feel like it and it ain't convenient. This is God's plan. Say God's plan. God's plan plan for all of us is to grow. Now, this looks different for all of us. For you, love, in this season right now, today, it might look like letting letting the situation that happened yesterday with your spouse go. (laughs) Let it go. Say, let it go. It might say, let it go. Yeah. It might say, you know what? I'm not going to make the grits and throw them on him. 
I'm not going to, I'm going to make sure I, I wash her car and fill the tank, right? Uh, I'm not going to ignore her text messages, right? When she calls, I'm going to answer. Like, love for you right now might look like you saying, I'm going to let it go. Or love for you right now might, might look like you got a crazy neighbor who keep parking on, on your side of the, of the, the lawn and you want to slash their tires. <laughs> and you've had conversations with them and you're like, bro, like, you got a whole yard over there. Can you keep your car? And they just keep pulling up. And, or you got someone upstairs from you who just, who just doesn't know. They just, you know, they, they just heavy footed. And you're just like, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, activate. Holy Spirit, activate. Activate. <laughs> listen, listen, listen. It's, it's, a, it's an IG thing. It's an IG thing. It's an IG thing. <laughs> and so you got this person upstairs and they just, they just heavy footed. And you're like, Lord, let me, I love them. I love them in the name of Jesus. Now, now you might need to move. But when you see them walking down the stairs to go to the car, you're not going to roll your eyes at them. You're not going to cuss them out. You're not going to give them peace of your mind because you are saying, I want to go the extra mile for people, even though I don't feel like it and it is not convenient. This is God's work in my life today. I don't know about tomorrow, Lord, but I'm going to make it. But today, this is your work. As opposed to living from a position of, I'm about to go up there. I'm about to cuss this joker out. I'm going to give them a piece of my mind. I am going to, feeling as though you have to defend yourself all the time and protect yourself all the time. And, and, and you have your guard up all the time. No, no, no. As you come to know God, you come to live from a place of vulnerability. A place of Accepting yourself, accepting others, full vulnerability. So, perfect love, complete, mature love expels fear. It rejects this notion that I have to control and hide, but it says I can be open and I can be vulnerable. So then, as I close, Izzy, you can come. So then, your life and my life, our life should be, should be one expression. Our life should be an expression of unconditional love. I think you missed it. Thank you, thank you guys, thank you, thank you, thank you. Your life and my life should be an expression of unconditional love. Ricky walked into church today. We were in the lobby and Miss Paula said, man, Ricky, every time you come in here, you smell so good. And Ricky said, yeah, you know, I, I keep a little something. I'm sorry to tell you a secret. He said, I keep a little something in the car. You know, so when I get out, I just, I just that's, that's, that's like OG status, right? That's, 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 that's that pro, pro game right there. He's like, I just keep a little something in the car, right? So that when he steps into the room, you smell him. It smells good. When you step into the room, 
unconditional love should be what smelt. Because your life, as you are growing closer to God, is an expression of unconditional love. Some of the hardest people to love are our family. Don't raise your hand. I can love that person who cut me off, kind of. I can love that person who, that coworker, I don't gotta see them a couple days a week and we virtual anyway, so I really don't gotta see them ever. Like I can deal with that, but can I love my family? Maybe not my spouse, but maybe it's a parent, a father, a mother who I felt failed me. Can I love them? Can I go the extra mile for them? Even though I don't feel like it and it's not convenient. And it's not even a not convenient like uh, I have to go out of my way. It's like every bone in my body is like does not want to do it. Can I love them? Now don't get me wrong. I'm not suggesting that we need to put ourselves in positions where we are hurt and where we are taken advantage of. But our orientation to people is one of openness. Because the Holy Spirit is flowing through us to that person. And I can release judgment, I can forgive, I can let it go, say let it go. I can let it go because I know that God has let some stuff go. <laughs> God has let some stuff go. And when I show up in God's presence, Rico, God doesn't say, you remember when like two years ago, you said that you were going to show up for me and you didn't. Yeah, I'm still, God, I'm struggling with that. Can you imagine if God be like, Michelle, I'm still struggling with how you, let me, how you let me down a couple years ago. No. God's like, your stuff, your ish, your mess is in the depth of the sea. And I remember it no more. And so John is admonishing us. He's like, Continue, dear children, dear friends of mine, continue in love. Continue. Even when they hurt you and they trespass against you, continue to allow your life to be an expression of love. And for some of you all who may feel like there is a unique situation in your life and you are just really struggling with this, you're really struggling. Like you don't even know what love looks like as it pertains to your relationship with this person or this individual or this situation. You're like, I don't know what it looks like. <sighs> I want to challenge you. Experiment. Experiment. Say, like, God, I'm not perfect this thing. I'm, I'm just going to try it. By your grace, Holy Spirit, may my life be an experiment of unconditional love love. I'm not always going to get it right. Sometimes I might cuss you out. I just had a moment. Relapse. Relapse happens. It's okay. Right? It's okay. You said that too loud, Paula. We're going to pray for this front row. You might have moments of relapse get back up and say, God, I'm still trying to figure this thing out. By your Holy Spirit, come in and may my life be an expression of unconditional 
going the extra mile, even though I don't feel like it and it's not convenient. And then we'll hear those words, by this will all men know that you're my disciples because you went the extra mile for people, even though you didn't feel like it and it was not convenient. People will know you are different. And it won't even be you, it'll be Christ in you. Anybody here need help going the extra mile for people? Even though they don't feel like it, it's not convenient, just keep your hand up. Father, our hands are raised right now. Online, our hands are raised. And we're asking that your Holy Spirit would step in, would reorient us so that we're facing you, that we're moving towards you, and that as we're growing in God, we're growing in you, we would grow in love. And that the work you started in us would be complete in Christ Jesus. God, we're not always going to get it right. God, sometimes we're going to make mistakes. Sometimes we're going to mess up. Sometimes we're going to cut them off and we're going to cuss them out. God, forgive. We know you will. God, grow us, mature us. Holy Spirit, activate in us that we can be an extension and an expression of your love to others because you first loved us. This is our prayer in Jesus' name. Let everyone who believes say amen and amen. Let's just put our hands together. Praise God.